0: Welcome to the Online Bible Study. This week we are going to be studying Esther, Chapter 4. You know, throughout life, we all face crisis from time to time in our lives. The question is, in those times of crisis, what do we do? This chapter is so encouraging to us today because even though times seem impossible and it seems like it is the end, we see how God is working behind the scenes to solve the crisis on our lives to work out for the good let's open our bibles to esther chapter four esther mordecai and the jews were facing the crisis of their life you can just feel their anguish let's read verses one through three it says when mordecai learned all that happened he tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city. He cried out with a loud and bitter cry. He went as far as the front of the king's gate. And no one might enter the king's gate clothed with sackcloth. And in every province where the king's command and decree arrived, there was great mourning among the Jews, with fasting, weeping, and wailing. And many lay in sackcloth and ashes. When Mordecai and the Jews heard about the decree of annihilation, they reacted just as anyone would, with deep, intense grief and mourning. At this time, Queen Esther is not aware of the decree. She is sheltered from what is happening outside the palace, so Mordecai has to find a way to notify Esther. So you notice he can't just go up to the king's palace. He can't go to the queen's quarters. So he has to find a way to get her attention. He tears his clothing and puts on sackcloth. Sackcloth, in the way he did it, is a clear sign of grieving and mourning. You remember in the Old Testament, remember David and his men tore their clothes in 2 Samuel 1 11 through 12, as they mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and Jonathan. Then we saw in Genesis 37 4, it shows Jacob tearing his clothes and putting on sackcloth on as he mourned for his son. We also saw in Daniel chapter 9 verse 3 that it says, then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications by fasting sackcloth and ashes in Jonah chapter 3 verse 6 states the king laid aside his robe covered himself with sackcloth and sat in ashes so you can see that this is a clear sign of grieving and mourning Mordecai went to the city gate But he could not, by Persian law, enter the palace wearing sackcloth. But he publicly made it known he was grieved by this decree. In verse 3, it says that there was great mourning among the Jews. Notice their response. It says that they were fasting, weeping, wailing, and many lay in sackcloth and ashes. And then in verse four, Esther hears of Mordecai's actions and becomes very concerned. Now remember, she does not know about the decree yet. All she knows is that her her cousin is extremely distressed to be behaving in this manner. It says in verse four, so Esther's maids and eunuchs came and told her, and the queen was deeply distressed. Then she sent garments to clothe Mordecai and take his sackcloth away from him but he would not accept them. So here we see she goes, she gathers up some clothing so that she can have him change out of the sackcloth and would not draw any more attention to himself. Some say that she did this because she wanted to have him be able to come into the palace, because remember they could not wear sackcloth when they come to the palace. So some say that she wanted him to change so that she could come and tell him, and so that she could come and he can go to her and tell him about what is happening. But what did Mordecai do? He refused to accept the clothing. Esther's motives were right in her heart. But her method was not what Mordecai wanted, so he refuses the close, and Esther is now forced to find another way to find out why Mordecai is so distressed. How many times in our lives that we don't know all the facts and yet we try to solve the problem? It is really hard sometimes to solve a problem if we don't know all the facts. This is where Esther is at this time. She is trying to find out why Mordecai is so upset. So we see in verse 5 her next move. It says, Then Esther called Hathok, one of the king's eunuchs, who he had appointed to attend her. And she gave him a command concerning Mordecai to learn what and why this was. So here we see that Esther calls Hathok, one of the king's eunuchs, to go to Mordecai to see what was causing such distress. And then in verses 6-7 through seven shows the eunuch going to Mordecai and Mordecai telling him all that had happened with this decree. So here you have the king's eunuch Hathok who was appointed to serve Queen Esther about to be used by the Almighty God to fulfill His great plan to defeat Prime Minister Haman and save the Jewish people. Think about that. Look at how God is working His plan out. In chapter 2, we saw He used the king's eunuch, Hage, who found favor in Esther when brought to the harem. He now uses the king's eunuch, Hazak, who was appointed to serve Queen Esther. God uses obscure people to accomplish his will. Just to point out a few, what was the name of the boy who gave Jesus his loaves and fishes in the book of John? Who were the men who rescued Paul by lifting him out of Damascus wall in the in the basket in the book of Acts? What was the name of the little girl who told Naaman to go see the prophet? God uses whomever he wants to accomplish his plan. Think of what he can do through you. Wiersbe says, as great doors can swing up open upon small hinges, so great events can turn upon the deeds of small and sometimes anonymous people. Notice in the first part of verse 8 that Mordecai not only told Hathach about the decree, but he gave him a copy for Esther to read for herself. It says, He also gave him a copy of the written decree for their destruction, which was given at Shushan, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her. Why do you think he gave Esther that a copy of that decree? Yes. Have you ever had a time when you tell somebody something and then you tell somebody else something and it doesn't quite get it there, everything that you said? Well, remember, we have half going back and forth to Esther and Mordecai. So he's giving him a written copy of the decree for her to read herself so that she can make sure of what exactly is happening. Now notice in the second half of verse 8, Mordecai sends the message that now Esther needs to reveal her nationality and go to the king and intercede for her people. It says, And that he might command her to go to the king to make supplication to him and plead before him for her people. Now look at verse 9. We find Hathok going back to tell Queen Esther. Queen Esther's response is found in verse 11. Because of Persian law, Esther was faced with a serious dilemma. So she sent her trusted aide, Hathok, back to Mordecai in order to seek her adopted father's advice. Verse 11 says, All the king's servants and the people of the king's provinces, known that any man or woman who goes into the inner court of the, to the king, who has not been called he has but one law put all to death except the one to whom the king holds out the, the golden scepter that he may live yet I myself have not been called to go in to the king for 30 days Persian law prohibited anyone from approaching the king without first being summoned. Such a law was necessary in order to protect the king from potential assassins and from being interrupted while conducting important businesses. Now Esther reminds Mordecai here that she could not simply enter the king's inner chambers unannounced and she might be put to death if she does so the king had power to execute anyone who disturbed him without an appointment. For the king to extend the golden scepter to someone showed that he approved of the visit and that the person was welcome and not in danger of death. But since Esther had not been summoned yet by him for a month, she did not know whether his attitude toward her was still favorable so she didn't really know for sure if she would give that golden scepter extended to her or not so Hathak goes and tells Mordecai what Esther said and then in verses 13 to 14 we see Mordecai's response it says and Mordecai told them to answer Esther So let's break this down. Mordecai gave three reasons why Esther had to figure out a way to approach the king to lead him to reverse the decree. First, do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than any other Jews. Esther herself was a Jew. And would not escape execution. Being queen was meaningless in the face of Persian law. For Persian law could not be reversed even by the king himself. Although she was the wife and queen of King Ahasuerus, she too was doomed to death unless she could arouse the king to figure out a way to reverse the decree. Second, her silence wouldn't prevent deliverance from coming from some other source, but she and her family would perish. The reference here is to the providence of God, even though the name of God isn't mentioned. Knowing the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 12 verses 1-3, to Mordecai had faith that the people of Israel would be protected from annihilation. However, he warned her that even if deliverance did come, some of the Jews might still be slain and Esther might be among them. And then the third reason that Mordecai gave was, he said her being in the palace was not an accident. For she had come to royal position for such a time as this. The strongest hint yet of Mordecai's belief in divine providence. He didn't say that God had put her there, but that was the statement that was being made. If Esther would just take a moment and review her life, She couldn't help but see that there had been a divine leading all the way. Now if God brought her to the throne, then he had a purpose in mind. And that purpose was now evident. She was there to intercede for her people. Esther knows what now she needs to do. Let's look at her response as she faces the challenges in her life let's look at verses 15 to 17 it says then esther told them to reply to mordecai go gather the jews who are present in shushan and fast for me neither eat nor drink for three days night or day my maids and i will fast likewise And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. Esther responded to Mordecai's challenge here. She made the courageous decision to go to the king to plead for mercy for her people, the Jews. But note her challenge to Mordecai. He had to mobilize the Jews to fast and pray for her for three days, both night and day. She and her maids would join in the fast, and then at the end of the three days, she would disobey the law of the land, risking her life. She would go to the king and plead. For him to seek a way to reverse the decree of extermination by calling for a fast, Esther was asking the Jews to pray for God's help on her dangerous mission. In the Old Testament, prayer always accompanies fasting. Exodus 34:28, Deuteronomy 9, 9 and Esther and I'm sorry, Ezra 8:21 to 23. Esther knew what she had to do, and she knew it could cost her her life. And yet, they responded, if I perish, I perish. We should have the same commitment to do what is right despite the possible consequences. We need to do what God wants and trust Him for the outcome. Ladies, no matter what the crisis is in life, there is hope in the Lord. If we turn to the Lord in prayer and fasting, seeking His face for help, He will help us. This is a clear declaration of God's holy word. A.W. Tozer compared God's sovereign purposes to an ocean liner leaving New York City bound for Liverpool, England. The people on board the ship are free to do as they please, but they aren't free to change the course of the ship. He goes on to say, The mighty liner of God's sovereign design keeps its steady course over the sea of history. God moves undisturbed and unhindered toward the fulfillment of those eternal purposes which He purposed in Christ Jesus before the world began. So the question is not, is God in control of the world? We know He's in control of the world, but is God in control of my life? Are you currently in a crisis like Esther? Where you need to seek God's guidance. Crisis comes in many ways. Whether they are a life and death situation like Esther's. Or maybe it's a financial concern we face each time the bills come in. Maybe it's a family crisis. Or simply a time management issue. No matter what it is that we are facing. Know that God is in control. And is working behind the scenes to fulfill his purpose. Just make sure that God is in control of your life. That he is Lord of your life. Make sure you are in his word daily. Communicating with God daily. And that your relationship is always close. So that you can hear what he wants you to do. You know, when I go through the book of Esther, you want to just keep reading on because you're so fascinated with the story and you want to see what's going to happen next. We leave now with Esther and Mordecai and all the Jews praying and fasting for God's guidance. Now, next week, we're going to continue in the book of Esther as we study chapter five. We will continue to see how Esther follows what God wants her to do as she saves The Jewish people from annihilation. Until then, God bless.